Good to be in the house of the Lord with you this morning. Oh, they tell me of a home far beyond the skies. They tell me of a home far away. Oh, they tell me of a home where no storm clouds rise. Oh, they tell me of an uncloudy day. Can you sing that with me? Oh, they tell me of a home far beyond the skies. They tell me of a home far away. Oh, they tell me of a home where no storm clouds rise. Oh, they tell me of an uncloudy day. Tell me of a home where my friends have gone. But they tell me of that land far away. Yes, they do, with the tree of life is in eternal blue. Sheds his fragrance through the uncloudy day. Tell me of a home where no storm clouds ride. Oh, they tell me of an uncloudy day. Oh, they tell me of a king and his beauty be there. They tell me that my heart shall behold where he sits on a throne that is wider than snow. In that city that is made of gold Tell me that my eyes 
will be home There he sits on a throne That is wider than snow In that city that's made of gold Can you sing it? They tell me that he smiles on his children there And his smile drowns their sorrows all away Oh, they tell me that no tears will ever come again In that lovely land of unclouded day Oh, would you sing it this morning? Oh, Just one more time. coming a day I want you to understand something church see this so old song it's an old song it's all right we sing it all around Meg there's coming see it's not necessarily talking about the songwriter talking about a day that it's never going to rain again physically that's not what he's talking about he's giving us imagery you know he tell me of a land where my friends have gone it says Said so they tell me you have a king and his beauty rare, it says. That's, wow. <laughs> and he tells me that mine eyes shall behold. But he's he said, oh, the land of cloudless days. Oh, the land of an unclouded sky. See, what he's really talking about, we know in the word and we know in our life, when, in, the, in the spiritual realm, when there, when there begins to be clouds show up. <laughs> How many has ever been under a cloud? How, how many ever have ever seen the storm coming? See, he's talking about a time whenever the, 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 the trials of life will no longer be a thought. Come on, somebody. He's talking about that there's no trouble in your life and there's none coming. See, in this world, in this world, you're either, you're either in a storm, you're either in a storm or you're going into a storm or you're coming out of a storm. That's just how it is. We enjoy some mountaintops from time to time, but you're either, going, you're either in a storm you're, or going into a storm or you're coming out of a storm. But we're headed to a land where there's no storm clouds. That means there, you're not in a storm and there's none on the horizon, ever. 
There's coming a day. Job talked about, you know, Job who was in the, in the middle of affliction. He was in the middle of the trial of, uh, that we still talk about with no understanding. But a, a sovereign ordeal of God. But I'm going to tell you what he said about it when we were singing. And I want you to remember something. In the midst, he's lost everything at this point. He said, but you know what? There's coming a time when the wicked shall cease their troubling. And the weary shall be at rest. He said, the prisoners rest together and they hear not the voice of the oppressor. The great and the small are there and the servant is free from his master. Wherefore is light given unto him that is in misery and life to the bitter of soul. What he's saying is I'm in the middle of the darkest night of despair. He said, but there's coming a time when it's going to be over. He said, he was saying that was the light in, in his affliction. He said, that knowledge is the light of my affliction. He said, that, that's where the light comes. It's knowing that there's coming a time when the wicked shall cease their troubling. And the weary shall be at rest. Oh, Jesse Dixon used to sing that all of the saints of the ages are going to sit at his feet and be blessed. We need to be encouraged in this old dark world that we are headed somewhere. I, I don't know, hold on a second. I don't even know what to say about a church that can't get excited about heaven. I don't know what to say about a people living in this, in this hellhole of despair right now that can't get some kind of motivation and, and, and expression about a time when the wicked shall cease their troubling. We ought to be excited that we have a Savior and that there's light and that we're headed somewhere. I don't know about you, but I get weary and I get tired and I get exhausted and I get sick of the troubling. And I'm looking for the hope of glory where the wicked shall cease their trouble. A, a land of unclouded day. Won't you sing that chorus one more time? Oh, the land of cloud. Think about where you're going. Oh, the land of an unclouded sky. Their sorrows all the way. Oh, they tell me that no tears ever come again. In that lovely land of unclouded day. Oh, the land of cloudless days. Oh, the land of an uncloudy sky. Oh, they tell me of a home where no storm clouds rise. to that day when mortality will put on immortality <laughs> and corruption will put on incorruption 
I'm, I, the old, Happy Goodmans used to sing, that's how old I am. They, say, uh, they said, when, when the saints of every nation are going to lose their gravitation, <laughs> I'm looking forward to that day. Aren't you? Can we welcome him in his house? Come on, can we welcome him in his house? Father, I'm so thankful that I have a hope, that my hope is in you. Lord, that we lift you up today and magnify your name. Lord, we, we, we want to enthrone you on our praises because you said that you are enthroned in your praises, that you dwell among the praises of your people. Lord, we welcome you to indwell the house today. Lord, to have your way from the beginning to the end of the service. Lord, for, to, be, to stir a people like they've never been stirred before. Lord, reach down into this place today and touch hearts and touch lives as we bless your name. And we'll be careful to give you praise for it. In Jesus' name, amen. And everybody said amen. If we have our ushers this morning, we'll receive our Sunday morning tithe and offerings. want to remind you about five things. First, the students will move up Wednesday night, this Wednesday night, uh, to their new classes as a, a different level. That will be this Wednesday night if they're going up into their next level. Men's retreat, we remind you, uh, we still have room. Men, you need to go with us. Make time. Make time. You need it. You need it. September 14th through the 17th. The sign-up sheet is in the foyer. Taste of the Nations, that is um, on September 25th. There's also a, a lady, Sister Heather, about that. Taste of the Nations, if you've never been here before, it's a, it's a missions uh, lunch after church on that Sunday morning, and, we'll, and there'll be uh, food from all cultures all over the world, and it's always a really good day, a big missions day, a uh, good eating day. How many said amen? amen. So if anything other people understand is food. Uh, so that's Taste of the Nation. Before I forget, everybody look at me and listen. There's no service tonight. No service tonight. No service tonight. There's people out of place everywhere. It's holiday weekend. And there's no service tonight. Somebody say no service tonight. <laughs> we'll be back Wednesday as usual. Two more things. One is September 18th through the 21st. That's, I think, is that... Three weeks from today? Three weeks from today, Dean Caldwell and Peggy will be with us. And, uh, you know, I say it a lot. I, I really make an effort to have some of the best people in the world to come preach at MAG. And I pray for the right time. Well, I, I have never not known Dean Caldwell. And I'm going to tell you something. You hear me say it, but I, I want you to hear me. First of all, if you're interested in where you're in, where we're in in prophetic timeline, et cetera, et cetera, you're going to want to be here Monday and Tuesday night. But Sunday and Sunday morning, you have never, never, never heard anybody preach like Dean Caldwell. Never. I He's as country as cornbread. He's from Flat Rock, Arkansas. I, he is a literal walking Bible. And he preaches under the, one of the most powerful anointings I've ever experienced in my life. I've known him all. There's none like him. Uh, and I love, when I tell you he's a walking Bible, he will, he will begin to preach to you and will begin to decide he needs to take you somewhere. And he'll say, let me look that up. And he'll say, let me get my glasses on. I can't see anything without them. And he will begin to read out of his mind. 
I don't mean out of his mind. I mean he will begin to read the word of God off the pages out of his mind. Never in your life. You should come expecting. You should come expecting a, a powerful move of God. I'm not, how, about, how about we move into anticipation? You're going to want to be here. You're going to want your family here and anybody you can get here. I'm not overselling him. I'm telling you, we're talking about a man of God that you've never, if you've never, can I just be real frank? The reason Dean Caldwell hasn't been here in three and a half years is because Mag wasn't ready for Dean Caldwell. And I mean that. Mag wasn't ready for Dean Caldwell. Now I think maybe if you run hard, you can keep up. So we'll be looking forward to Dean Caldwell. And one last thing, I told you last Sunday morning, but at the end of October, um, it's my honor and privilege that I'll be traveling to Brazil with Dr. Larry Martin, doing mass crusades in Brazil, teaching, training pastors for the days leading up and afterwards in the schools. Um, 3,000, 4,000, 5,000 people at a time get saved in these crusades, and, and we are going to go, I, my particular job will be to get these pastors ready to receive the masses that get saved and um, as always we give you the opportunity to give into these missions because mags is a missions church we don't ever ask you to give what you can't we don't ever ask you to give because it's me we don't ever pressure you we just tell you what we're doing where we're going and why and you always come through in a big way because mags reaching the world so we want to just tell you that it's on, of course, on Push Pay, it's always under Pastor JR Missions. And if you want to be a part of that, we greatly, greatly appreciate it. And I anticipate uh, one of the greatest experiences of a lifetime coming up in the end of October in Brazil. Heavenly Father, I thank you. Lord, I thank you right now in this moment for the, your presence that I feel in an instant. Lord, dwell in this place. Lord, from this offering that's an act of worship, not of, not of religion, not of rote, not of constraint of man, but out of the heart of worship and a cheerful giver, bless it, multiply it to, this, to your kingdom and all over the earth. Lord, from this point forward in this service, I pray that you would reign by your spirit on the hearts of this church and we'll give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Blessed be your name, the land that is plentiful, the streams of Abundance flow, blessed be your name. Blessed be your name, and I found in the desert place, where I walk through the wilderness. Blessed be your name. Can you sing it this morning? Every blessing, every blessing. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your name. Blessed be. 
Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your name. Can you sing to him? Blessed be your name. Blessed be your glorious name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glorious name. Oh, thank you, Lord.
as I'm worshiping this morning, this song is just resonating so strongly in my spirit. And I just feel like the Lord wanted to say this morning, I know it's for me, but I think it's for several others in this room that also, there's freedom in this place this morning. The Spirit of God is coming down and touching His people that today, if you are, are bound up in anything, whether it be sin, whether it be something that you're dealing with spiritually, if, if there's a, just a, a burden on your heart, there's freedom in this place today. That the, that, the, that the Lord Jesus Christ, His Holy Spirit, is coming down today. If you want to be free, then you need to come and get freedom this morning. Shout His name to the walls come tumbling down. I have been in such a dark place lately. Dark, wanting to crawl in a hole and not come out. I love to worship the Lord Jesus Christ, but the devil has come and tried to steal and to kill and destroy my spirit. And today I'm saying there's freedom in Jesus. Let's shout joy, shout his name, and allow freedom to come to you today. There is deliverance. He's not just a savior, but he's a healer. He's a restorer. He's a soon coming king. Shout for joy until the walls come tumbling down. Worship Jesus this morning.
God of suddenly. I will suddenly break down your walls of despair. I will suddenly shake up your religious form. I will suddenly move in, so in sovereignty among my people. I will suddenly destroy the church barrier lines that have plagued my people and my church for centuries. I will suddenly move in power in, in my church and among my people that will lift up my name. I will suddenly break the bondages of sin that you thought could never be escaped. I will suddenly deliver you from the addictions that have controlled you all of your life. I will suddenly break the, the influences of the enemy that has walled up against your home. I will suddenly break down the, the, the religious garbage that has replaced who I am. I will suddenly move the entertainment out of my church and move in sovereign power among my people. I am a suddenly God who desires to move suddenly and I will move in my house, says God. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah.
<laughs> Hallelujah. Praise his name. Hallelujah. Then sings my soul. Then sings my soul. Hallelujah.
Somebody in this house needs to understand this is not my service. This is his service. Somebody in this house, somebody in this house needs to understand. He's been dealing with my heart for 10 minutes about this statement right here. You're here for a reason. Right now, your mind, your soulish nature may not, you may have never seen, experienced anything like you're seeing and experiencing this morning. You may even say, I've heard about these people. Your mind doesn't understand, but I'm going to tell you, your spirit know, can, can feel what's real. Your spirit knows what's happening in your soul. Your spirit is speaking louder than your mind can scream. I've never seen anything like it. And you came today, you've been watching for weeks and months by live stream, and you came, you showed up because you were tired of church as usual. You, you have showed up and continued to pray, and you've come to a place that is outside of your comfort zone because you are tired of dead religion. You are tired of, of, of a Christianity that doesn't affect your life and change your situation. And you may, let me tell you, that he, that this word of God, he never asked us to understand everything he does, but we will stay perfectly within the scripture. But I tell you that he, that when, he, he will lead you past your understanding into the, into the realness and into his power and into his strength, and he will change your life. He will cross your denominational barriers. He will, he will cross your theology. He will, he will cross everything that you've ever been told because of a hungry heart. He, said, he, is, he is after hungry people. If Jesus declared it. I quote it all the time. Blessed are those which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. He said because they shall be filled. God has never walked past a hungry soul and left it wanting. He will, if you will hunger after him, he will reach you at your point of need. said, so you may not understand it, but you can feel it. And it's more than an emotion. It's more than, and it's not emotionalism. Listen, I'll shut down emotionalism in a New York second. But I'm going to tell you, when a holy God moves into a place because he's been lifted up, the Word of God declares, He said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto Him. You want to know why He makes His presence known? Because this morning He has been exalted. He has been raised up. He has been lifted up. He, 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 I, at the beginning, I told you, He said, I am enthroned on the praises of my people. See, when, you, when this people praise His name and lift Him up, He'll dwell among them. He'll dwell among them. I'm telling you, He's tearing down the walls of religion and denominationalism. And he's, and he's pouring into people that are hungry. They're poor, or that are hungry to kick the walls out of religion and let God move again. He's, amen? Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> I want to be careful in His presence. Never take his presence for granted. Treat him, never treat him casually. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
For I would say to my church, as I did to the, to the early church, I will not explain myself to a people. I will demonstrate myself to a people. That the days of human knowledge that have, has came to a place beyond understanding that has led to nowhere are over. I will, as I did in the Corinthian church, in the book of Acts, I will, I will demonstrate my power one more time on this earth. I will demonstrate who I am to a people that are hungry for me. I will demonstrate my power through, through salvation, healing, deliverance, and signs, wonders, and miracles to a people that are hungry for me. I, it is a demonstration of the power of my spirit that the world needs again today. I am bigger than the darkness. I am bigger than, than the lawlessness. I am bigger than, than the ones who think they can rise up above me and exalt their name higher than I. I will bring them down and bring their effort to naught because I am a God that is able to demonstrate and back up my word as I, as, as I have promised today. Hallelujah. 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 Paul told the church, and you can be seated. Paul told the church in 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Thank you, worship team. In an era of, of, the, of the Greek thinkers and the philosophers, he told the Corinthian church in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, He said, and brethren, when I came to you, I did not come with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined to know nothing among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear. And in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words or persuasive words of man's wisdom. But in, a but in demonstration of the spirit and of power that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men. But in the power of God. He's speaking again to his church the same way he's always spoken. See, it's not about a personality in the pulpit. Celebrity preachers, their day is over. They may be well-known, but if they're about celebrity, their days are over. See, well-known and celebrity is not the same thing. See, you get to be a celebrity in the gospel by being a compromiser. You become well-known by a demonstration of the power of the Spirit of God. Because I'm going to tell you, when God shows up anywhere, you don't, have, you don't need CBS News to tell the world. You, you don't need the Houston Chronicle to come write an article. You don't need Channel 6 in Beaumont to tell the world. When God shows up anywhere in power, people will show up. I believe it was John Wesley when they asked him how he changed the world. How he changed 
the, 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 the United Kingdom and then the United States. He said, it's real simple. I set myself on fire and the people came to watch me burn. I'm going to tell you, you build a fire and people will come to watch it. They'll come, they can't help themselves. I'm going to tell you this morning that, it, that we are in a time of darkness. But God, we serve a God of light. I'm going to tell you again this morning, there's people in this place today that I know that you've never seen, heard, or experienced anything like even a touch of what you've seen this morning. But you ain't seen nothing yet. You ain't seen nothing yet. It will change your marriage when God moves. It will break the darkness out of your children's lives. There are people in this room today that when God breaks through, you're going to notice a tangible difference in the atmosphere of your home. I said in the atmosphere. There's a difference in the atmosphere happening right now. You're going to notice, because, and, you're, and you're never going to realize it until it's gone. Because I'm going to tell you that the word says that the, our enemy said he is, he is the prince of the power of the air. See, he's not in hell. He's the prince of the power of the air. He's in the first and second heavens. He does his work in the atmosphere. And he's in the atmosphere of our homes and in our churches and in our job. Why do you think the world has lost its mind? But when he get, begins to move in hungry hearts, it might be a parent, it might be a spouse, it might be a teenager, it might be a child. And when, when the Spirit of God, see, they, they can't occupy the same space. And it's not, it's not a matter of, of who wins. I'm going to tell you, the Spirit of the, the light, darkness can never overtake light. Darkness can never overtake light. Isaiah chapter 60 verse 1 says, again, that arise and shine for your light has come. This was speaking to Israel. This is talking about Jesus to come. And let me tell you, he's not coming. The light is not coming. The light has come. Come on, somebody. The light is not coming. The light has come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Now it's talking about the end of the age where we stand today. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth. And gross darkness, the people. Oh, I love the next word. It says, but. Well, I want to listen to me. It says, darkness shall cover the earth. Gross darkness, the people, but the Lord. Oh, somebody in this house, everybody in this house, say, but the Lord. But the Lord, yes, shall arise upon you. And his glory shall be seen, somebody say seen, upon you. Somebody in this house needs to know when the glory of God arises in you that the people you're around will see it. 
Oh, you ought, that ought to say something. I'm talking about you. A difference maker. One person in your home finds the glory of God resting on their life and it will be seen by all those around it. The glory and the power of God was so great upon Peter that it says that when his shadow would fall across people, that they would be healed. That they would send, that they would send claws and, and handkerchiefs from his body. And that they would, see, there wasn't no power in the handkerchief. There was no power in the shadow. It was the glory that was shown upon him. You say, that was Peter. I'm going to tell you, I read to you last week it said, when it talked about the house of Cornelius, Peter himself says, I perceive that he, God is no respecter of persons. It's for you. You say, it's not for me. My church taught me it was not for me. Then your church made Jesus a liar because Jesus said, I'm going away. He said, it's expedient that I go away. I've got to go away. He said, but because I'm going away, I'm going to send another one, another comforter, someone just like me. When I go, the Spirit of God is going to come. And that happened in Acts chapter 2, verse 1. It said, and when the day at Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one place and in one accord. And by the way, I, said, I prophesied of a God of suddenly earlier, and it says on the day of Pentecost, it said, and suddenly, and suddenly, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing and a mighty wind. And by the way, it said it filled all the house where they were sitting. <laughs> Somebody say all. I've never been that kind of preacher, but I find it pretty effective. Somebody say all. It filled all the house where they were sitting. And it says in cloven tongues, like as a fire set up on all of them. It says... And they, well, let me read it. I can quote it, but sometimes it's better read than quoted. Acts chapter 2. And it says, and they were all filled. I love that word. Because some people think it's not for them. Oh, I like how you're shouting now. It says, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And, there's another conjunction. How many? and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. By the way, it says they were all filled and the, the and, the conjunction, connects it to the all. His power is for everybody. And it's for today. In a world of gross darkness, does anybody think it's not gross darkness? Gross darkness has covered, uh, darkness has covered the land and gross darkness the people. I'll talk quick if you'll listen quick. I just want to touch on some things today. I, I, I will have to come back and revisit. We're not, it would, it would, what, can't even touch with the surface today. We've got to come to a place that we understand that Paul meant what he said when he, when he told us that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. It's not people. But against principalities, against powers, against spiritual wickedness in high places against the gods of this age. I want to, he wrote to Timothy in 1 Timothy, his first account to the, to the young pastor in 1 Timothy chapter 4. I want to read to you quickly this morning. 
It goes along with how many know the Holy Spirit knows what he's doing. He knows what he's going to do before, I'm, before we do. And in this fourth chapter of the first letter to Timothy, it says, now, now, now the Spirit, that's the Holy Spirit, says expressly that in the latter times, some will depart from the faith. By the way, there's a definite article there, and that's important. What's the definite article? The faith. That's important because people are going to tell you that you can't depart from the faith, and that's a direct contradiction to the Word of God. It's not a faith, any faith, or, or if they had little faith. It is that when it's talking, the definite article, the faith, is the saving faith. Put, a, put your finger there. In Galatians, Paul says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. For the, for the faith I now have, for the life I now live, he says, I live by the faith. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. For the life I now live, there's that now. He's talking about when he, when he, when he got saved, when he was born again. And for the life I now live, how does he live it? I, the life I now live, I live by the faith, not a faith. I live by the faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Let me read it again because I'm fixing to plug it in somewhere. Same writer. I'm crucified with Christ. I've died to who I am. I died with him. You know, Romans chapter 6 tells us that when, when, you get, when you're born again, as far, when God sees it, as far as he's concerned, when Jesus died, you died. When Jesus died, when Jesus was buried, you were buried. When Jesus was raised again, you were raised again. And that's what it means to be born again. He says, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. I have my natural life. Yet not I. He says, for the life I now live. Now. I live by the faith. Paul said to Timothy, now. The Spirit expressly says. That in the latter times, how many think we're in the latter times? How many know we're in the latter times? In the latter times, many will depart from the faith. Doesn't say God shoved them out. Doesn't say any man plucked them from his hand. It says they departed. You know, the prodigal son, his father didn't kick him out. Oh, I'm talking to somebody. He demanded his own inheritance, and he left, and he squandered it. On riotous, strange women in a strange land and riotous living. And when he had, when he had wasted all, in the pig pen of life, starving to death, 
And he said, I, if I could, I would eat with the pigs. He didn't say he ate with the pigs. He said, I, he said he wished he could. It says he came to himself. And he says, I will return again to my father's house. And not as a son. He knew he wasn't. Oh, somebody hear me. In that culture, whenever he made a demand of his inheritance, that meant to his father, you're dead to me. See, inheritance comes after death. When he says, give me what is owed me, what is mine, to his father, he was saying, you're dead to me. When he came to himself, he didn't try to go home as a son because he knew he wasn't. How do I know that? Because, he did, because when he got home, he, his father said, he saw him coming and he says, put a ring on his finger. That was his father's authority. He didn't have one. Oh, hold on, somebody. Put a ring on his finger. It means he didn't have a ring. Put it on it. He says, put a robe on him. By the way, the robe in the, in the Word of God is always righteousness. He says, put a robe on him. Guess what? He didn't have one. He said, put shoes on his feet. That meant, see, slaves didn't wear shoes. See, when he brought him home, he said, get him a pair of shoes because this boy is my son. Put shoes on his feet. And then he said, go and kill the fatted calf. And we'll make merry. Why? But the word tells me, see, Jesus wasted nothing. And he didn't use empty words. And nothing contradicts himself throughout the word of God. Because the word of God tells me that all of heaven rejoices. Somebody say, all of heaven rejoices when just one sinner comes home. Does it say that? He said, put a ring on his finger, a robe on his back, shoes on his feet, and kill the fatted calf because my son, which was dead, is alive again. By the way, you can't be again if you never were. You can't be again if you never were. There's no way I can be anything again if I've never been before. Now the Spirit expressly says in the last days, latter times, many will depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits. That's not the Holy Spirit. Giving heed, that means listening to, giving it their attention, being entertained by it, being guided, being led. If I give heed to something, it means I give in to it. Hello? Giving heed to what? Seducing spirits. How many of you know what is something is seductive? You know when something is seductive, it's something coming to get something that doesn't belong to them. Have you ever heard of anybody being seduced that was being seduced by something that belonged to them? Oh, I'm trying to make you think. I'm just reading the Word. I didn't even begin to preach. May not have time. It says, they, it says that many will depart from the faith. It says giving heed to seducing spirits. And doctrines of devils, of demons, teachings of demons. 
Let me tell you where we're at today. I, I can't even scratch it. We may have to talk about it for weeks. There's something been on my mind lately a whole lot, and I've been hesitant to even begin to talk about it because people get off in the wrong direction and get too fascinated with, instead of staying fascinated on the, on the light of the world, instead, instead of staying concentrated on the, the one who redeems, the one who has overcame, the one who is more powerful than all, when you begin to talk about the principalities, power, spiritual wickedness in high places, when you begin to talk about the fallen angelic, when you begin to talk about demon spirits, people get all fascinated and start finding demons under every rock. But I'm going to tell you where we're at. Uh, Mag Church, most of you know it because you've heard me say it a thousand times. You need to remember that everything is spiritual. That's why, we, that's why nothing's off limits at Mag. People say, you ought not talk about this from the pulpit. Or you ought not talk about that from the pulpit. And I don't find anything about that in the Word. I find where Paul talked about he spared nothing. I find where every situation that ever arose in the life of a believer is addressed in the Word of God and the apostles preached it. And you need to understand that where we're at today is because we're at the time that it says that in the latter days that many were going to depart from the faith and that they're going to give heed to seducing spirits. A seducing spirit can, will sound really logical. It'll sound persuasive. It'll sound right. It will sound reasonable. It will, it will lead many, you know why they're lead? Because they've led many astray. That's why it's called a seducing spirit. It's hard. You know, everybody thinks that the devil's going to show up with a pitchfork in a red suit with a pointy tail. Yeah, everybody thinks he's going to show up like the, in a dark alley like, like an a, 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 a M13 gangster that, that is, that's going to kill you and your family in the dark alley. It's going to come across as, and the cartels and, and destroy a whole town. That it's going to, that it's going to be the, the rapist and the murderer and the, and the, and the, and the gangbanger and all that. That, that. They think that's what these things look like. But I'm going to tell you, it's a seducing spirit. All those things are. That, that, that stuff is, that's, that's kingdom of darkness, don't get me wrong. But I'm going to tell you, seducing spirits. Uh, I've never seen anybody get seduced by anything that wasn't pretty attractive. By something sensual. I talked about sensual of the senses, of the soulless realm, something that appeals to your, to your sight, to your smell, to your hearing, to your taste, to your touch. Do you hear me? Seducing spirits. Many will give heed. Many will depart through the faith giving heed. Why are they going? Paul is talking to, to the pastor of the church. Talking about the flock. He's talking about, he's equipping him for the ministry. He's talking about us. He said, many will depart from the faith. Why? Because they gave heed to seducing spirits. And doctrines, or that's teachings of devils. See, seducing spirits may not always, and doctrines of devils may not always come to you looking like a back alley gangbanger that you know to avoid. Sometimes it can come to you looking like the answer to your prayer. The man of your dreams. The woman of your dreams. The opportunity of a lifetime. 
something in you screams something's not right but it sounds right it feels just right am I talking to anybody in this house in the world that we live in today it's stunning I gotta hurry even to scratch the surface I gotta hurry Are you, do you ever, does it ever baffle you, stun you that we live in a world where somebody can make some crazy statement? That maybe it does sound pretty enticing, but if you know anything about the word or anything about what's right, you know it's wrong. But, and then you'll call them out or point to it or even the, the and, 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 and you can have videotape and I could show it on the screen. It's usually their favorite politician, but it could be a lot of things. And, you, and they can say it to make some crazy statement, and you say, how can you follow that? How can you believe that? Well, they never said that. And you roll the tape, and they watch it with their eyes and hear it with their ears. It's right in front of them. And they'll either say, he didn't say that, or it's not what he meant, or yeah, but. I don't ever do a yeah, but, but until I remind you that sheep's follow, sheep follow and goats butt. Right. <laughs> I'm asking you, have you ever, does that blow your mind? Does it baffle you? Do you, do you think, I don't understand? I, I spend time saying, I. I look at, at this world and I look at th things that are being said and I think, I think, this baffles me. How can, in our case, how can literally half the country believe that? How? Many will give heed to seducing spirits and teachings of devils. Everything is spiritual. All of it. We live in a spiritual world. You're here today because you, you're spiritually hungry. And you came to a church that you've never, that you've never participated in this kind of place because, because something in your spirit says, I've got to have more and I'm searching for it. I've got, I've, I've got to have more than Sunday morning religion. I've got, I've got to have something real. Spiritual. And you look around at what's going on. Listen, the, our problems are Spiritual. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We wrestle, we wrestle against what's influencing flesh and blood. Because see, but, let me read it again. Giving, many will depart from the faith giving heed to. That means nobody forced them. Let me tell you something about the enemy, and let me tell you about principalities, power, spiritual wickedness in high places, all of those things, demonic spirits. They can't force you to do anything. People give heed to it, and then he uses it. 
God uses people, yes? I want you to understand that, that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but in the same way that God, it's not a contradiction. In the same way that God uses people, people give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. We are reaping the years of spiritual neglect by the church. We are reaping the years of compromise and the years of men giving heed. Everybody has some idea of what, of what the darkness looks like moving in people about, spirit, about demon possession or, or spiritual oppression. We can't even scratch the surface of those today. They, they have some idea that, that, that the people that are under demonic influence, that they look crazy and, and maybe they're contorted and maybe they manifest and, 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 and that happens. There's possession. That's, I've, I've certainly wis, witnessed that many times in, in Africa and other places, but it's, we're not any different. But most of the time, these forces manifest in lives in rebellion. The, the word of God declares as, as the sin of witchcraft. It manifests, oh, I, if, if, I, if I don't, in this short amount of time, and I've got to, we've got to wrap up, if I say too much, people's going to say something I didn't say. Do you want to know why addiction is rampant? It's because men have given heed to seducing spirits. Do you want to know why there is more depression and anxiety than in the history of the world today? If you struggle into depression and anxiety, do not hear me wrong. But you can hear this right, that God is, that Jesus is a deliverer, not just a savior. And he will set your mind free. He will, he will set you loose from that bondage. And I'm going to tell you, I'm not sitting here telling you got, that you've got a demon inside of you. See, possession is from the inside out and it takes control of everything. But I'm going to tell you, the reason we're where we're at is because people are afflicted in their mind by spiritual forces coming against them. And the church has become so powerless that, that, that we refer it and medicate rather than telling, people, telling things to get out and leave alone. Don't hear me wrong. Nobody's saying that, that we're against doctors, we're against... No, nobody's saying... What I'm saying is why are we come to a place where in the most educated society, the most technologically advanced society, the most free to travel, the most free to educate, the most free... And, and that we're more bound than, than any time in human history. We're more stressed than any time in human history. That we're, that we're more depressed than any time in... We're the most medicated society in human history. And maybe even the most religious. It's because we're, we're hearing doctrines of devils rather than a demonstration of the power of the Spirit of God.
And then I opened a can at 5 after 12, but I don't have time to put the lid on. Peter said in the house of Cornelius, I read it to you last week, that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. with the Holy Ghost and with power. Who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. Let me read it again. For God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. Who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Luke chapter 4, the same writer said, Jesus speaking, quoting from Isaiah, he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me. Because the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, the recovering of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty, set free those who are bruised. He said that was Jesus, who anointed Jesus of Nazareth, who went with the, with the Holy Ghost and with power. Jesus said, John said, introducing Jesus, Behold the Lamb of God. He, says there, he said, there's one coming. He's mightier than I. She said, I'm not worthy to bear. He said, he said, I baptize you with water. John says, I baptize you with water. But he will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Jesus said in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, he says, you, say you, me. Oh, you, you, all of you is willing to say you, but none of you is willing to say me. Did you notice that? Did you notice that? Because that tells me that you believe it's for everybody but you. So you're willing to talk about the you, but you're not willing to talk about the me. When, he, when Jesus said you, he was talking to you. You shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You know what Jesus received when the Holy Ghost came upon him? Power. You know what he said you will receive when the Holy Ghost comes upon you? power. Jesus said, I'm going away because I, it's expedient. I have to. I need to. But I'm sending one just like me. He's talking, he spoke of the Holy Ghost. And, he, and then he said this, listen to me. This is what he said, it's not for today. Then Jesus said, then why did Jesus say, you see everything I've done? Greater works than these shall you do. I do. You do. We do. Why? Because I go away. Because I'm leaving, he's coming. He went about doing good. Healing all who are oppressed to the devil. Can I read you one more thing? 
he'll give me a, oh, that's the lamest preacher joke in all the world. Can I, can I pull the lamest preacher joke in the world? It just makes me cringe when people do it. Can I make you cringe? He'll give me five more minutes. It's five, 10, 15, 20. See, it's lame. It's cringeworthy. <laughs> can I read you just one more thing, a couple more things? Acts chapter 5, 16. See, I don't, like it. I don't like to say anything if I can't lay Scripture on it. I want to remind you, it says, Thy word is truth. By the way, it says, Your word is forever settled in heaven. See, if it's settled, I don't have to worry about it. It's settled. You ever been in a fight with somebody and you agreed to disagree? It was never settled. You come back later, so you think it's good, I'm good with it, and then somebody just mentions it at the day, dinner table, and your blood pressure goes up 47 points, your ears turn red, you draw up in a, you draw up in a deep breath, and your fists clench, and you're, and you're in it again. You know why? It wasn't settled. <laughs> See, when it's settled, it's settled. And he says, forever your word is settled in heaven. It's settled. He ain't changing his mind. It's settled. Acts chapter 5, verse 16 says, There came also a, uh, yeah, there came also a multitude out of the cities around Jerusalem bringing sick folk. Sick people. I think Luke was from Arkansas. He said sick folk. Or King James. The southern. Bringing sick folks. And them which were vexed. Troubled. Troubled. Vexed means troubled. Bringing those that were sick and vexed with unclean spirits. And they were healed. Who was? Everyone. See, there's that and that connects the sick folks with the vexed folks. <coughs> Y'all get tired of me teaching English? And they, oh, that's a plural pronoun, right? So he wasn't just talking about the sick folks. He was talking about the sick folks and the ones that were vexed. It says they were vexed. It says and they were healed every one. Mark chapter 6 verse 7. Jesus has been speaking. So Mark is the writer. The he is who he is referring to is Jesus. Are you with me? Well, let's do five, five, six, and seven. And he could do no mighty works, uh, and he could, could there do no mighty work. He's talking about his hometown, Jesus' hometown. He could do there no mighty works, and that he laid, uh, uh, he could do there no mighty works, save that he laid hands on a few sick folk and healed them. And he marveled because of their 
unbelief. You know, there were many times that it says Jesus marveled at their faith. Remember? Today he's marveling in his home, own people about their unbelief. I don't want, that's not something I want Jesus marveling in in me. And he went about the villages teaching. And he called, he, Jesus, called him, the twelve, and began to send them forth two by two and gave them power over unclean spirits. How do we ever come to the place in the church that we think that we don't, we're not dealing in a world of seducing spirits, doctrines of demons, that we're not dealing with unclean spirits, that we're not dealing with principalities, power, spiritual workers, high places. How do we ever come to the place where we think that the, how can we have in the latter days doctrines of demons if there's no demons? You need to understand we live in a spiritual world and we've been fighting, we've been fighting spiritual problems with physical weapons for far too long. I will submit to you that there's, that there's diagnosed diseases by the millions that they're just oppressed of the devil. That if somebody with the Holy Ghost and power in them could, could just walk by and say, be clean. I will submit to you, church, that we're living in this time. And I will submit to you, church, that God is still powerful. I will submit to you, church, that he still wants to use you. I will submit to you, church, that everything he's ever done, he'll do again. And I will submit to you, church, that as his power falls in your life and in, in corporately, that demons have to flee. They have to flee. They have to flee. Go read the book of Mark. Everywhere he went, they, they recognized him first. And, he, and they obeyed his will. We'll have to, this is the, this is his service today. And I'm just on an introduction. We are equipping Mag for the hour. You're here for a reason. His power and his glory is falling in his church again. And you've been drawn out of hunger and you will not be left undone. I mean, I don't want to call too much attention, but I'm going to tell you something. There is nothing normal about people that will move from New England to Texas for a church. There is nothing normal about people that will move from Connecticut to South Texas out of hunger. There's nothing normal about people that will leave their lifetime of raising because they're hungry. There's nothing, there's nothing normal about these. And I'm going to tell you, I don't have that kind of charisma. God will have a church. And hungry people will be fed. And when he, and hungry people are fed and God has a church and his spirit moves in that church, he will not be, he will not be put off by people that no longer think he has power. Suddenly, suddenly, man, that makes me anticipate. Suddenly, seek me and you'll find me when you search for me with all your heart. We're just scratching the surface, church. And by the way, he's only just begun.
He's only just begun. Stand with me this morning. Can I be just a little silly and you know I'm not being a reprobate preacher or anything like that and saying silly things and can that be okay? Some of you say, I don't understand it and I'm not sure I believe it, but I've already taught you. already know what your spirit says. And this is what the preacher would say to you because I'm just gonna, I just like to talk to people what they understand. I, I, I challenge you to get in the scripture and read it for yourself. I challenge you to open the book, throw off your denominational glasses. Read it for yourself. And here it comes. I double dog dare you <laughs> to take God at his word. Amen. I, that's, a, that's a challenge and a throw down. I dare you to take God at his word because I'm going to tell you when you take God at his word he's going to mess you up I'm telling you he is going to mess you up but I'm not, God's not destructive I'm talking about he's going to rearrange your life and it will be better in fact you'll begin to have life and life more abundantly oh I can't even scratch it Lord we love you today thank you thank you everybody in the house should say thank you for your presence Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for what you've manifested in this service today. Thank you for what you've stirred in me. Thank you for what you've stirred in the people. Lord, we thank you that you're still God. We thank you that you didn't leave us hopeless. We thank you that you didn't leave us powerless. Lord, I thank you that that's, if that same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwell also in me, that it will make my mortal body alive. Lord, I thank you that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. I thank you that you're moving in hearts and lives and families and individuals. I thank you that you're stirring a community, that you're stirring a region. Lord, I thank you that, you're, that hungry people are being fed. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for being God in our midst and unchanging. Lord, now go with us as we go our separate ways. Create hungry hearts. We pray in Jesus' name. And everybody in the house said amen and amen. Shake somebody's hand, hug somebody's neck, and tell them that you love them.